Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. In the past, we have done a few news you may not have seen type of podcasts. <laughs> now, it's, it has been brought to my attention that there is a syndrome that affects people, and it's called FOMO. Yes, FOMO, F-O-M-O. It's, it's short for fear of missing out. Well, in our attempt to provide a useful service to this nation, <laughs> we, we will be providing the cure for FOMO. Uh, many fear that they are missing something that the liberal media won't report on. So here we have the cure for that fear by bringing to you coverage of these stories so you don't have to worry about it at all, such as this story that came out of Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, not, a, not a fun fun story at first, but it turns good. Uh, here um, is from Reuters on July 18th. The, the gunman who killed three people at a shopping mall near Indianapolis before an armed bystander shot him dead was a 20-year-old local who had a juvenile record but no criminal history as an adult, the police chief said on Monday. Now, the Good Samaritan, who was lawfully carrying a firearm while at the shopping center with his girlfriend, stopped the gunman almost as soon as a, sus- a suspect opened fire on Sunday in the food court at a mall in Greenwood, Indiana, outside of Indianapolis, local officials said. Now, police identified the gunman, which here on this podcast, like, you know, we have a policy. We're not going to name these guys. Uh, We're not going to give them the fame that they so crave. So we're going to, he's going to remain unnamed here. And the Good Samaritan as Elijah Dickon, who was 22, uh, in addition to the gunman, three people were killed and two others were wounded. Uh, Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen uh, told a news briefing uh, that two of the fatalities were a husband and wife, age 56 and 37 years old, uh, respectively, and officials said that a third was a 30-year-old man. Now, Eisen said the uh, actions of the Good Samaritan were a were just nothing short of heroic, as he put it, in limiting the number of, of casualties from the, the shooting spree, which lasted two minutes from the time the suspect opened, opened fire until he was killed. Um, the gunman had two rifles and a handgun in his possession with several magazines of ammunition and over 100 rounds of bullets. Quote, many people would have died last night if not for a responsible armed citizen that took action very quickly within the first two minutes of a shooting, Eisen reported. Uh, he said the, the motive behind the shooting is not yet known. Um, the federal and local authorities searched the apartment on, uh, of the sus- suspect gunman earlier on Monday and uh, a... Um, um, and, and a, a spate of gun violence in, in public places since May, including mass shootings at a New York uh, grocery store, a Texas elementary school, and an only department uh, Independence Day parade, has renewed fierce U.S. debate over 
gun regulations. Now, gun rights advocates will likely seize on the, the killing of the uh, suspect in Indiana as an example of why it is important to allow Americans to carry firearms. Yeah, and why wouldn't they? <laughs> Quote, we will say it again. The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, the National Rifle Association said in a tweet on Monday morning. Uh, it is rare for a bystander to stop a mass shooting in the United States, according to analysis of the New York Times. Uh, uh, see, that, that the, the newspaper tries to point out that only 22 gunmen in the 433 shooting attacks uh, since 2000 were shot by a bystander. Okay. That is, those are skewed numbers. Just so you know, um, the, 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 the number of people, the, the number of, of shootings that didn't even start because of, uh, of, of people that had guns or, um, uh, you know, anyway, there, I'm not, I don't have time to get into all that right now, but that figure right there is just skewed. Now, the, the incident also raises questions regarding the interaction between state law and the rights of, of companies and businesses to ban weapons on their properties. Now, the shooting comes just weeks after the Indiana Governor Eric uh, Holcomb signed a bill into law repealing the state's handgun permit requirement. Now, everyone 18 years of age or older who is not legally or, um, prohibited from firearm possession may generally carry a concealed gun in public. That's awesome, isn't it? I mean, if you're 18 and you, you're you not banned from, from doing so, go ahead and carry. Uh, the law conflicts with the, the policy of Simon Property Group, who's the owner of the Greenwood Park Mall, which prohibits guns on its property, according to its website. The Indianapolis-based company was unavailable for comment on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I bet they were. According to Indiana Attorney General Todd uh, um, Rockata, uh, he, he's uh, private business and property owners may restrict gun owners uh, from carrying a weapon on their property. Even so, it is generally not against the law to ignore a no firearm sign at the private business. He, uh, he, wrote, in the, he wrote this in the, in the state's Gun Owners Bill of Rights, um, before the, the weekend shooting. Now, uh, Rockata said the only consequence for ignoring a company's ban uh, may come only after a direct warning to someone carrying a firearm on the property. Like, you know, you may, you may commit a criminal trespass for entering a business after you, you've been denied entry and then uh, you, you've been asked to leave. Um, so, so basically, even if it says, can't carry a gun here at this private business unless you're asked to leave and then you try to come back again with it or whatever, and they can uh, bring you up on trespassing charges, then, then it's not illegal. So, so because Mr. Dickinson ignored the no gun sign and, and the policy while he, he legally concealed carried this company was spared an even greater tragedy on, on their property. So don't you think that they should be, thanking him? Don't you think they should be maybe changing their no gun policy? Because obviously in this case, uh, it was to their benefit that this particular individual was able to actually, you know, take out the gunman. Now it will be interesting to see what they do with him, right? I mean, uh, wh where are all the car uh, calls for, you know, di disarming this, this particular individual. 
I mean, he 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 did a good thing. He was a a guy a, a, a good guy with a gun. Mr. Dickon was able to to take this guy out from like 40 yards away with with a handgun. Uh, he had no no formal training. His his grandfather had had helped train him, um, but he had no formal training, and he was able to to uh, to to assess the situation. His his uh, his girlfriend saw the gunman coming out of the bathroom with a long rifle. Uh, he he pushed her aside, said "Get down." Uh, he braced himself and he fired ten shots in 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 a way that wouldn't hit anyone else, and uh, and t- and he took out the gunman before he's he's stumbled he tried to get back into the the bathroom and was not able to make it also weeks after government um uh, holcomb loosened the gun laws in his state guess what happened it paid off with saving lives i mean here here's a governor who said you know what we're going to loosen we're not going to tighten we're not going to come down with more gun regulation we're going to loosen that regulation we're going to say hey, you know what if you're 18 years of age and you're not prohibited from carrying a gun, then great, go for it. Go, you know, conceal carry. It'll be just fine with us. It's not illegal. And just weeks into that, it pays off with lives that were saved because of it. Now, uh, you know, a 20-year-old that, that rejected the standby culture that we live in is the one that did all of this. I mean, here's a 20 year old guy. He's, he's, he's 22 and he rejected this, this standby culture that we have that says, I'm not going to get involved. I don't want to be involved in that. I don't want to get my, uh, my hands dirty here. I don't want to do no. What did he do? He took action and he took action promptly. He took action right away. Not, not like, you know, some of these police officers that we've seen that, that wanted to cover their own skin and and let other you know kids die in in schools uh, shootings and things, he took action and he and he was able to save lives because because of it. The DOJ statistics say that good guys with guns prevent violence from bad guys with guns at least one million times a year in this country. Did you hear what I said? Good guys with guns. They take out bad guys with guns. They, they basically not necessarily shoot them, but because of it, they, they might draw the weapon, uh, whatever the case may be, good guys with guns, they actually prevent violence over a million times a year in this country. Th- those are DOJ statistics. And, and actually, those are on the conservative side. DOJ actually said that it, it, it may be up to three million times a year but they don't they can't narrow it down to uh, specifically because most of these type of things they aren't reported i mean if if somebody draws his weapon and and doesn't shoot and it, it and it it just you know disperses the situation well he's not necessarily going to call the police and tell and say what was going on so there's a lot of this just doesn't get reported but to the best facts and figures that the DOJ has it happens at least a million times a year good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with a gun. Now, you know, it's interesting also to me to see how many of these liberals and leftists that are objecting to the, to the word good Samaritan as a description of this guy. I mean, the good Samaritan, what did the good Samaritan actually do? The good Samaritan actually did something to help that individual that was in the ditch. I mean, if you go back and read that in the Bible, um, you know, there were, there were others that didn't want to help. 
there and, and a lot of these guys were were you know highfalutin uh, governmental types or whatever and they wouldn't help they wouldn't they would go walk across the other side of the street just not to, to, to and, and pretend like they didn't even see him but what did the good samaritan do he did something to help that individual he sacrificed more than just his time though he actually took him to the hotel and he and he and he told the the guy to you know here, here here's money that to pay for his stay here and 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 to help get him back up on his feet and he risked his reputation on it i mean it, it's just it's just amazing more americans trust a, a, a good samaritan armed with a gun to stop a mass shooting than police officers or federal agents according to a, a um uh, a new survey that was done of Americans. The the new survey found that more Americans believe that their best protection in a mass shooting situation is a nearby armed citizen rather than a police officer or federal agent. Respond, uh, respondents chose armed citizen as the best protection by 41.8% to 25.1% for local police. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, I think it's time to loosen some of these uh, gun laws, not tighten them. All right, let's move on. Late night show will not be prosecuted for going into the Capitol building. Oh, boy. All right. This is uh, from Mary Margaret Olihan, who uh, on July 18th said that the United States Attorney uh, Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia said Monday that it cannot move forward with the misdemeanor charges against members of the Stephen Colbert crew. Hmm. Nine members of the late night television host team were arrested in June uh, on June 16th in the Longworth office building. The U S attorney's office said in, in a Monday statement, but charges will not be sustained against these individuals. After a comprehensive review of all, this is a quote after a comprehensive review of all the evidence and the, Relevant legal authority, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia has determined that it cannot move forward with misdemeanor charges of unlawful entry against the nine individuals who were arrested on June 16th of this year at the Longworth Office building. This is what the Attorney's Office said. Now, this is quite, quite perplexing because you had these guys that went in and were they, they weren't just filming and they weren't just interviewing they they were banging on doors they were slipping things under under the door i mean they, they were they, they were creating so much chaos that the police were called by several different offices and and they were thrown out of the building and then they got back into the building and did it again according to fox news the individuals unsuccessfully tried to get press credentials on January 6th committee hearing since their late night show uh, did not cl uh, classify as news. So they couldn't get the press credentials. Um, the team conducted interviews with uh, several people like Adam Schiff's office and um, Florida Democrat uh, Stephanie Murphy, uh, some other ones, um, Jake uh, Action Close, who's uh, also from Massachusetts and a Democrat. Uh, however, the Colbert Group left the House office buildings at some point. Uh, Fox is told that they were let back in uh, to the office building sometime after 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time by an aide of Atrilakos. Uh, the 
group apparently then roamed the house building unattended for hours, he continued. They were arrested near the office of Lauren um, Bobert. Uh, he was a Republican from Colorado, around 8.30 p.m. Eastern time and charged with unlawful entry. They were in jail for part of the night before being released on Friday. So we are in the middle of a congressional hearing right now about January 6th. It's, it's a sham, of course, but many of those individuals were let into the building. They were encouraged to do so by government officials and then jailed for over a year and a half without trial. In fact, we have just recently, we have a 70-year-old grandma who has cancer who has now been sentenced to more jail time because she, quote, paraded inside the building, unquote. So again, she was let in. She went in the building. She did nothing illegal or unlawful. She left the building at that time, and she has been jailed. And yet, here we have something else. We have another group. The only difference is that in this case, this group is from a liberal type of perspective. And I guess another, another thing would be that they weren't just parading. They were, they were um, actually, they were, I guess you can't say they were rioting, but they were creating chaos within the building. And yet no charges are filed. This is another case of double standard when it comes to our justice system. Our justice system is broken. And this is just another case of hypocrisy. All right, let's get to Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband uh, buys millions in chip stocks right before a vote on a massive chip subsidy. The Daily Caller uh, wrote that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, bought up to $5 million in stock of a company, uh, computer chip company ahead of a vote on a bill next week that would hand billions of subsidies to boost chip manufacturing. <laughs> and this is from a financial disclosure. Now, Paul Pelosi purchased 20,000 shares of NVIDIA, um, NVIDIA, something like that, one of the world's largest semiconductor companies. On June 17th, he did this, according to the Speaker's Disclosure Report released on Thursday. Now, senators will convene as early as Tuesday to vote on a bipartisan uh, competition bill, which allocates $52 billion to boost domestic semiconductor manufacturing and give tax credits for production uh, and, and, and other things. Uh, it it uh, certainly raises the specter that Paul Pelosi could have access to some insider legislative information. This came from Greg Holman, a government affairs lobbyist for the left-wing think tank Public Citizen. He said, this is the reason why there is a stock trading app that exclusively monitors Paul's trading activity and then his followers do likewise. There's an actual app that tracks Nancy Pelosi's husband's stock activity. Wow. <laughs> this particular NVIDIA is a multinational corporation that uh, that designs and manufactures graphics uh, pro graphic processors and other uh, technology and is heavily re 
reliant on the semiconductors. Um, the hashtag American uh, Competes Act will supercharge our investment in chips, advance manufacturing at home, strengthen our supply chain, transform our research capability, and advance our competitiveness and leadership abroad, plus many other key provisions. You know who said that? Nancy Pelosi, January 25th of this year. That's what she tweeted. She's selling this thing, and her husband buys the stock that would most be be helped by that decision and that vote. Now, Republican uh, South Carolina Representative Ralph Norman told the DCNF, the optics of Pelosi's stock disclosure are horrible. (laughs) I would agree. Obviously, Speaker Pelosi uh, would be aware of the timing of the legislation over the Senate um, on on the heels of that vote for anyone in her orbit to purchase seven figures worth of stock of a U.S.-based ship manufacturer just reeks of impropriety. Uh, How how does it not, right? They also... um, the, the disclosure said that he sold up to $250,000 worth of Apple stock and up to $50 million worth of Visa stock. So, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Um, it, and if that sounds familiar, well, it's because Democratic Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal uh, disclosed in early March that he had done something similar that an investment fund managed by his wife's family purchased between $250,000 and a half a million dollars worth of Intel stock. Just a little uh, over three weeks later, he voted for legislation uh, handing billions of subsidies to semiconductor uh, manufacturers that could benefit from Intel. So this is something that's going on all the time. And, and uh, you know, Blumenthal has faced scrutiny for past stock dealings. I mean, Blumenthal, Blumenthal's family bought and sold shares of Robinhood, the, the stock tra- trading platform, on behalf of the senator and his wife in 2021. The senator disclosed the trades after the reporting deadline, which violates federal law, of course. And around this, but of course, he didn't get in trouble. Around the same time, Blumenthal was calling for investigations into Robinhood for temporarily shutting down consumer trading of GameStop. So again, he just, you know, th- this is just impropriety. Uh, it, it's it reeks of all kinds of, of of bad things. And these these are the same people that cried and complained that you know some dignitary would stay at the Trump Tower when when President Trump was president. And, and even though Trump had given control of his investments up, um, but, oh, yeah, he, he's he's, uh, you know, he's benefiting from from this type of stuff. And they, and they cry and complain all the time. And yet, do we hear anything about this from them? I mean, these people are just corrupt hypocrites. And, and I, I want to know the name. I mean, this is this is what goes through my mind. I want to know the name of the app that that, that tracks Paul Pelosi's stock trades. I want it, I want that app on my phone. I mean, I, these guys are getting rich off of off of this insider training stuff. I hey, you know what? If I if I can see it on the app, why not? Right? <laughs> it's legal that way. Whoa, Nelly. So if yeah, if you if you know the the name of that app, let me know. <laughs> and and you know I've here here's here's another one that just 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 gets you sometimes. A Portland-based summer camp 
for kids in grades four through eight is attracting attention for aiming to create young anarchists bent over overthrowing society. Yeah, Budding Roses, it's called, claims to provide a free, safe, and empowering space for East Portland youth to learn, express themselves, and engage critically with social justice issues that impact them. Wow. The page says that the mainstream education often reproduces structural oppression and disempowers youth, particularly low-income and uh, youth of color. The The creators are interested in uh, activating young leaders to see themselves as agents of change. (laughs) Make them into little superheroes, right? Because of the pandemic, Bunny Roses has only offered the camp online for the past few years, but now not so much, right? Online resources, including Bunny Roses protest and chant book. So they have they they have a little chant book in case you know you you want to use their chants, which feature songs of solidarity forever and things like this. It's just it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean the the they have they have printable uh, coloring pages uh, themed like uh, restorative justice, uh, globalism, collective values, queer affirming, transgender affirming, things like this. Uh, the youth camp uh, was selected for a. Uh, 2018 Spirit of Portland Award. Wow. As the nonprofit initiative of the year. Well, that doesn't surprise me, right? Uh, what if, I mean, to, in, in my mind, and this is, this is my question, and, you know, it should be probably everybody else's. What if someone opened a neo-Nazi camp for kids designed to teach them how to overthrow the government? I mean, would you, would they get an award for it? I mean, what, what kind of parent sends their kid to a camp like this? I mean, hey, kid, get out of my hair. Go to, you know, learn how to protest with Antifa, right? I mean, I mean, you know, I, I recently I just saw a library book in one of our libraries here uh, that was the same type of thing. It showed you how to protest and showed you how to how to become a you know BLM type protester. And it, I mean, it had it had all the stuff. It, it's just ridiculous. But okay, I've been told that you know we need something lighter. Okay, let's go with something lighter. This is this is really funny. You you, you got to get this. Uh, get Google Maps users troll Biden with mocking landmark where he uh, fell off his bike. <laughs> this is from the Daily Wire. Yeah, this is a Twitter account that posts viral videos and memes aimed at conservative audience. Posted a tweet Monday afternoon showing a Google Maps landmark. Uh, called Brandon Falls, <laughs> the landmark located at Gordon's Pond State Park in uh, uh, Lewis, uh, Delaware, uh, is at the crossing where Biden fell while riding his bike in June. The name refers to Let's Go Brandon chant, often used to mock uh, Biden, of course, <laughs> like we didn't know that. <laughs> I had a 4.9 star rating uh, <laughs> and 200 reviews. Uh, one said, very nice place to ride a bike. One of the reviews read that um, that just be careful not to cause too much inflation in your tires or you can end up crashing your whole bike into the ground. But if it happens, just blame Putin. People will fall for it. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Road was too bumpy and reminded me of the problem we still face for two more years. <laughs> now, Google did step in and take down this uh, this, this particular uh, one and uh, on Google Maps, but uh, I did some research myself, and 
it has appeared as a shrine now. Yes, believe it or not, it's a shrine on there now. And it's just a little farther off. It's, it's kind of on the beach area now. It's about a block away on the map. But uh, here is one of the reviews of the shrine. You, you, you're going to love this. Going to make my pil- pilgrimage here soon. Can't wait to be available to kiss the exact same piece of tarmac that Brandon himself once kissed. <laughs> I love that one. How do you come up with this stuff? Another one says, there's there's lots of people to sniff here. <laughs> I think it even came with like a picture of, of Biden sniffing some gal's hair. <laughs> but, uh, but there's more. I, there's, <laughs> I kid you not. There is more to this. Uh, a new TikTok challenge has come out. It, it did, you, you may have seen this. I don't know. A new TikTok challenge has come out where people are falling off their bikes at the exact same location and getting a picture or a video of them doing it. So, so, so they, these people are, are literally like, you know, renting a bike or taking their bike or whatever. And then they get to that same spot and then they'll tip it over and take a picture of themselves or have somebody else do it. And it's a, it's almost like the planking thing that happened a few years ago where you were supposed to lie flat on something and then take a picture of yourself. Same thing happening here at the exact same spot. Um, and, and it's a TikTok challenge now. One that, that sounds like, you know, I mean, if, if I were there, I would, I would probably do the same thing, <laughs> but, but it says, so, but, but here, all in all, let me leave you with this. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to leave this story right here without making too much more comment before this podcast falls flat. What do you say? Okay. (laughs) If you agree with me on that, (laughs) then let me know. You can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.